Parker. And I'm not Stephen Pastis. And welcome to the Squawk. Here we are. Okay, I'm actually here. <laughs> Hello. What? Steven's not here, though. Welcome Ooh. to the Squawk. Uh, episode, I've lost track. I don't know why I said that. But yeah. we're here. It's a Wednesday. Um, it's a big day for Daily Gamecock. Um, this is going to be uh, kind of an untraditional episode because it's not going to be Steven and I bullshitting about movies. But um, we have a big print edition that came out today about uh, Pride and the Pride scene in Columbia. And we brought on two of our great journalists from the Daily Gamecock, who you probably know from earlier episodes of this podcast, Caleb, who was on the Elvis episode, and then Amelia, who was on the episode where me and Steven, I think, uh, had a nervous breakdown for some reason. Yeah. Um, it was a weird energy. Yeah. <laughs> well, the queen had just died. The queen had just died. Yeah. So. It, was a, it was a hard time for everyone. Yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Mike just moved. <laughs> Whoops. Is it still okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it's fine. still fine. We roll with it. Is it? We bounce back. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be just go, kind of going through the stories, Caleb and Amelia. You guys kind of lead us through. I'll probably ask some questions, but other than that, this is pretty much your guys' podcast. So, yay, we've taken Sick, over. For sure, the gays have taken over. Finally. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. I'm Caleb. I'm the assistant news editor at the Daily Gamecock. Yep. I'm Amelia. I'm the assistant arts and culture editor, also at the Daily Gamecock. And. Um, uh, this week we put out our uh, second pr- uh, print edition of the semester with Pride, which is themed to LGBTQ issues on campus and in Columbia. Um, it just actually had stands today, but you can also read it online on our website and see it all across our socials. So today, um, I guess we'll just kind of talk through what the experience of creating this Pride edition was like, uh, what we think... Um, was covered well, you know, kind of just <laughs> different, um, I don't know, different concepts about the community and about, I guess, different things uh, throughout the, yeah, edition. Throughout the process, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. That's a really great intro. Well, thank you. I think, yeah. Um, so first off, uh, we thought we would start off by kind of talking about just kind of different terminology and, uh, I guess, labels used. Uh, throughout the uh, print edition, so it's Daily Gamecock style to use LGBTQIA plus each and every time, um, but we'll kind of be using LGBT, LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus, LGBTQIA interchangeably. Yeah, um, yeah, and as members of the community, also we'll you know might throw out some, you know, queer every here and there. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah. Um. So I guess just to start off talking about where this um, kind of idea came from, uh, and I talk about this in my letter from the creator, which is um, included in the in the edition. Oh Great God. photo, by I've the way. The, yeah, you, I've heard the picture's you. really good Yeah, for yeah. That. Some girl took that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> sounds so weird <laughs> and dumb. Yeah. Um, um, so I was in an interview uh, kind of unrelated and uh, with a historian at Historic Columbia, Kat Allen, the director of research and interpretation, and we were talking about uh, the history of uh, coverage of the LGBTQ community in Colombia from local newspapers. And she mentioned kind of offhandedly that the Daily Gamecock actually had some really early uh, coverage um, predating um, most of the other publications in the area, like the State, Post and Courier, things like that. And um, we really only talked about it for a brief time, but that kind of got me thinking. And I started shopping around with the other editors, this idea of doing like a retrospective timeline piece. And then I, I don't really remember, I think it was either Kaylee Coda, our editor-in-chief, or Micah Hansen, our past editor-in-chief, or Sabrina Hampton, our creative director. It was one of them, I think, who actually said, that sounds like it'd make a good print edition. And that was like a, that was like last semester, and now... Here and, we are. And the idea crashed and burned. Yeah, and yeah. And it never happened. Yeah, and it never the happened. End. What a good story. <laughs> no, it blossomed. Yeah. Something really cool. Hope so. So, um, yeah, so the past, we've been working on it mainly just kind of uh, from the beginning of the semester up till this point. Um, mm-hmm. We had a little bit quicker of a turnaround on this one than our other print editions. And then also the standard of reporting we wanted and the difficulty of kind of the stories we wanted to tell was increased. So, yes. um but Amelia, as someone who wasn't, oh my gosh. I don't know if you were. I know I was going home and like crying every night about like, <laughs> getting this done. Um, but how was it? How did you find it? I guess the experience from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really cool. 
I think it was something new. I think it was a great idea. Um, I think especially, I'm not from South Carolina, so I think having this in like a state Car- South Carolin- Carolinian school like is a really good thing um, because now they can't erase it because of the First Amendment. Um, it's part of journalism, so take that. Um, so yeah, I think it was cool. And I think that as a paper and as a collective, like of all the people who are working on it, I think we try to concentrate or be aware at least of like who we are as a staff and like, you know, the diversity there and the identities we have there. Um, so we try to, you know, broach that, you know, in our print edition and kind of realizing like, hey, again, this isn't perfect. It's not the end all be all for, you know, our publication or the LGBTQ plus community, but it's, it's a start, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm happy that we kind of got that out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I kind of mentioned it in the, uh, the letter from the creator, but, uh, yeah, I like what you said about this being, you know, a start. I, I, and we'll talk kind of about the timeline piece that's in here, but, um, yeah, I think this is a really cool, like addition to, you know, the history of the newspaper, the history of the Mm -hmm. university. Um, for me, you know, as a member of the community, you know, before I came, I am from South Carolina. So before I came to college, Mm -hmm. uh, I was in an environment where, you know, uh, being out was definitely not an option. So being part of a staff who was so excited to make this happen, like make this happen, you know, for me, for other members of the community, for this campus was really, really incredible and a really awesome experience for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, just the fact that I have, you know, this that I'm so very proud of. And like a couple of years ago before I was here, I would have never thought that anything like this would have been possible for me from a journalist standpoint or from a member of the community standpoint. Um, so yeah, it's been a really cool, it's been a really cool experience. Lots of work, lots of mm-hmm. me stressing about things that yeah. were, Yeah, know. well, cause you did a lot. You worked on like, what, more than like half, not more than half, but like about like half the pieces, mm-hmm. like you did reporting on a bunch and then we wrote one together. Yeah, oh the we, best one. We did one. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I know everyone appreciates all the, the work you put in. Everyone's been hyping you up on Twitter. I know, I appreciate that. Yeah, Are they I've been better be? all the tweets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I gotta go retweet. He hasn't uh, been. Tweet. He's been Sorry. seeing them, not liking them. Wow. Honestly, okay. In my defense, I deleted Twitter off my phone this week, and I only use it on my laptop. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. That good is. Good. I'm trying to purge social media a little bit. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Do you go on Instagram? Uh, I have Instagram, but I don't use I don't it that go much. On it. Mm. Same. Just yeah. be real. Just well, be real. We're all being real today. Today, every day, and always. It hasn't gone off yet today. I'm really. Mine didn't upload from yesterday. Unrelated, but. Unrelated. It's it's still valid. Being real is homophobic. Um. Being real is homophobic. <laughs> With pride came out and it said, "I'm going to shut down." Yeah. <laughs> Can't be real. Yeah. Wait, and be real, shut down. No. No. I was okay. just writing fake. News. We're just yeah. Okay. We're just writing this information on the podcast. Well, that's what we're here to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> always. Yeah. So um. Yay. I guess now we can kind of start going through some of the uh, pieces. Uh, we're not going to go through every single one of them, even though you should definitely read every single one of them because they're all phenomenal. So um, uh, just note to the listener, if you are on campus, they are at a stand pretty much yeah. everywhere. Yeah, so. I delivered them myself. <laughs> and <laughs> if you don't want to read paper and you want to go on your laptop or phone, it's on our website. So. Yeah. And we have um, on the Daily Gamecock website, we have a micro site. If you go to the Daily Gamecock website and look through our special editions uh, category, you can find With Pride. And you'll be able to read all of that there on a really cool um, online layout. Yeah, the subheadings, particularly. Yeah. Whoever came up with the subheadings. Looks so cool. Just really went on, really popped off. Yeah, speaking of subheadings. Oh, yeah, you sorry. I thought, you, I thought you were making a joke about like, no, no, no. sub or something. I don't know. <laughs> Microsite subheadings? <laughs> what? Sorry, that's really funny. Um <laughs> So yeah, so the um, the three the three kind of um, sections of the microsite, and I think the three themes that kind of um, I think all the stories and all the pieces inside the pride edition kind of fall under these is history, culture, and intersectionality. Um, so to kind of start off with the the history aspect of it. Um, like I said, the original idea for this this entire print edition start out as kind of like one piece, one like retrospective going back through the Daily Gamecocks archives and seeing what our coverage had looked like in the past, how it evolved over time, how that mirrors how the environment for LGBT people on campus and the state and the country evolved. Um, and so we have this really cool Sabrina Hampton um, 
uh, our creative director did the layout for it. It's really, really incredible. I really encourage um, everyone to go look at it. Um, mm -hmm. I wrote up all the kind of literature that went around with it, and then Sydney Dunlap, Matea Jacobs, Emmy Ribeiro, and Max White all contributed to diving through literally hundreds of of archived articles mm -hmm. from as early as the early 70s. Yeah. Um, which again, the you know the state and the Post and Courier they don't have coverage of the LGBTQ community going back that far. So it's really really interesting. Um, and yeah, there's a ton in here. Um, one particular. You know, I was gonna ask, what was what was one that really you read and and you were like, wow, this is insane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know. Yeah. So rhetorical uh, question. So. Um, in 1981, there was a column published by Dilly Gamecock, actually by the editorial page editor, um, called "Close the Closet," mm -hmm. and it was a column about. And you can find this. Um, you can find this in the archive in the South Carolina newspaper archives. Um, but it was basically about the, the I guess, uh, phenomena phenomenon of. Um, of LGBTQ people, mainly I think gay men were kind of specified um, meeting up, hooking up in bathrooms on campus, which actually the Daily Gamecock had reported in 79 on the university trying to crack down on on that. Um, because at the time, you know, before, and this, we really didn't go into this in the, in the, um, in the timeline, but mm -hmm. um, at the time before like social media and like hookup apps, you, the only real way that you were going to find someone of the same sex, you know, to... I don't know, meet up with was by cruising. And so on campus, on university campuses, one of the main kind of places that happened were in bathrooms. And at USC, it was in the library, T-Coop, where we are right now, and then also in Russell House. Yeah. So anyway, this um, uh, this opinion editor uh, writes this uh, column called Close the Closet, where he's basically trying to, you know, think of ideas on how to fix this problem. He he starts out by saying he open, he goes into the bathroom and sees these two men, like, hooking up, and he says, I was not shocked and disgusted but only disgusted, only disgusted. <laughs> um, <laughs> just mean. because he because he just knew that, that was a, a thing so anyway then he just starts going through uh he says like you know as a as a liberal you know i know that we're never going to get rid of the gays i just think that we can probably make them i didn't realize they were spilling out of the closet like so much dirty laundry that's literally mm -hmm. a, that's literally a quote yeah um so anyway he starts brainstorming these ideas of, like how to get rid <laughs> how to keep gays about the bathrooms mm. and like he he recommends maybe making the stalls too small mm -hmm. for more than one man to be inside. Yeah. Um, he recommends installing alarms that will go off if two men are too close to each other in the bathroom. And then he, <laughs> then my favorite advanced technology. Yeah. Well, he says he says he says like you know financially maybe it wouldn't be you know so. <laughs> right. Um, Let's just yeah. He was being really scientific about it. Um, <laughs> but my favorite <laughs> is he he says maybe we could install some doorknobs that are t that are more difficult to turn but then he said but then two gays mm. would be able to open the doorknob so so one one gay <laughs> how one many gay, gay wait, one doorknob how many gays enough. does it take hold on is the implication door? that gay people wouldn't be strong enough to open that's the what door? I, that's what yes. i think he means but when i first read it i was like does he mean like there'd be like a riddle or like a puzzle that only a straight person <laughs> can solve <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I've been meaning to make some buttons that say like Russell House homos mm -hmm. with like some doorknobs on them because that's what he. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. the um, I sent that. I thought it was. I mean, obviously, it was really kind of jarring. A lot of those early articles, reading them was kind of jarring for for me, like a member of the community, but also someone who really cares about the Daily Gamecock. But um, <laughs> yeah. But I sent it to. I was laughing about, it and I sent it to senior staff, and we were laughing. Like other people were like, "Oh my god, this is this is terrible. This is so horrible." <laughs> two gays. Um, two yeah. gays. Yeah, um, it literally reads like an Onion article. It, yeah, it does. based on the way you're describing. And this it. guy yeah. has to still be alive. Is the, I'm not going to no, release his I, name, but he has. To. Oh, we can't say his. I was about to just expose. <laughs> yeah, people it's can find public it. knowledge, but you I think he died. He might be dead. He might April. be dead, but he might still be out there. So keep your eyes open. Because, <laughs> yeah, watch out for. <laughs> I hope he's learned and grown. I hope if so. he is still oh, alive. I hope so. Mm. Um. But anyway, the funny thing about that article is that it actually inspired a couple of students on campus to organize the first successful LGBT student organization. There had been a couple of attempts previously, but the university had shut them down. Um, the university tried to shut it down this time, uh, but the students, uh, Tony Price specifically, um, called up the ACLU, and there was a lawsuit, and one lawyer and a couple students took down the university and the board of trustees and... Uh, 
that organization called at that time the Gay Student Association. Now it's still on campus, uh, operating in the name um, Individuals Respecting Identity and Sexuality, um, Iris. Iris. So, so yeah, so that that one column inspired, you know, now what is the longest running, you know, student or student mm-hmm. org for LGBT people on campus. So, um, but yeah. <laughs> Imagine being so homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> That you inadvertently... You, yeah, you inspire people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to actually do things. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other really cool things. So, like, two years later, that same organization hosted a gay, a gay Pride Week on campus, which was actually the first gay Pride event in the state. And Tony Price, what? who I interviewed for this piece, he talks about how, like, he felt... Like, he remember seeing that headline. Because the headline, the, the Daily Game Pop headline was... Um, Gay Pride Week makes USC proud, and that would have been two years after Aww. the close of the closet headline. Wow! And Tony Price, like in our interview, we talked about like how he gets emotional thinking, like just in just two years that it, that so much I guess progress has been made. So um, and that was the eighties. Yeah, exactly. Like the sixties is usually when people think about like the counterculture movement, right? And yeah. it just took a so little bit longer to hit. Yeah. Down here. Well, in like. Allen from Historic Columbia, she talked about how in the sixties and seventies the you know students of the daily game cock are coming out of that countercultural mm-hmm. kind of movement revolution and it's very much linked to like women's rights and birth control access and uh civil rights uh but um in the 80s you kind of have with aids and with you know reagan mm-hmm. and conservative politics i think mm-hmm. i think the atmosphere changed and i think that's maybe why people started having to people started realizing that they needed to start organizing um, yeah, I think definitely Reagan kind of like made yeah. people be like, "All right, we can't, we yeah. gotta take this shit seriously." Now, you know? I'm glad Queen Elizabeth was just... the second and Ra- and Reagan are are reunited <laughs> now. Rip bozos. <laughs> yeah. um, we also have another really cool piece in here in this timeline is on um, in 1988 for the first uh, National Coming Out Day on October 11th. A bunch of students took out personal ads. Um, and had like, and so in this timeline, we have, uh, Sabrina Hampton pulled some of those, some of those messages and they're really actually really cool. Um, you can see people are like coming out and like in, in a very public, uh, way. Um, and then we have coverage all through the nineties and the two thousands from the Daily Gamecock archives, um, about the first openly LGBTQ, uh, student by president was elected in 2004. Um, we have coverage of Pride throughout all that time, and then the timeline ends in 2022 with our very first LGBTQ-themed print edition. Um, and all that is all that is overlaid with um, national national trends like the AIDS epidemic and Don't Ask, Don't Tell, the 2015 Supreme Court ruling. Mm. I didn't actually didn't know this. So actually, South Carolina's first gay marriage took place in 2014, before mm. 2015, because a, a federal um, circuit court order legalized gay marriage in SC in 2014. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah, which you wouldn't have you wouldn't have expected. Mm-mm. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. Um, but yeah, uh, was there anything? Uh, was there anything about this time? I really like this timeline. <laughs> took so much effort, to, no, so, too much, so much, so much work. Um, but yeah, Amelia, is there anything else, or even Noah? Like as you look at it, any like, I guess things that stick out. I mean, this is definitely like so visually interesting and mm-hmm. nice to follow, and um, I really like how you guys included like not just TDG and USC stuff, but you also gave it a little bit more of a broader context within mm-hmm. what was going on in the state and the country at that mm-hmm. time. Cause I think it like right. helps you kind of understand the progress that was made over mm-hmm. time, um, having that bigger perspective. So um, yeah, I definitely encourage people to go read it. Yeah. yeah, or it highlights like the lack thereof, like yeah. lack of progress in yeah. South Carolina that versus too. or against the, the rest of the nation. Yeah. Because there are times that the Daily Gamecock is kind of ahead of the curve and times mm. where it's behind the curve and then they're, you know. Yeah. Um, which is really the point, I think, of, of mm-hmm. stuff like this is to, like, edu- like, real, like, educate yourself on, like, how we as student paper, we just as students can affect the broader, I guess, discourse and fight for, for equality by what we do and how we represent other groups or each other. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I could talk about this for, like, three hours, but... Um, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Uh, we also have a couple more kind of under the history banner. We have a piece on uh, different laws, LGBTQ laws in South Carolina. I'm kind of talking more in detail about that evolution. We actually talked to one of the attorneys that fought for gay marriage uh, legalization in South Carolina, so that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we have a column about um, HIV healthcare and education yeah. and kind of how that has evolved. And Tony Price was also really, he's a really cool guy in general, the guy mm-hmm. that founded the GSA and sued the school. Um, like a legend. He really is. He really no, he, is. Uh, he, yeah. he's, he's a legend. Because um, <laughs> he, he was one of the first. I think he was like maybe the first person to get DHEC involved in AIDS education yeah. and, and activism, the Department of Health and Environment Control here in South Carolina. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot, a lot of cool stuff in there about that. Um, anything about any of those pieces, Amelia, that kind of stuck out to you when you read through them? Um, yeah, ooh, I read the Laws one, mm-hmm. um, and that was really enlightening. Um, one of the things that I think was touched on in it, but is still baffling to me, is that there's still no hate crime law in mm-hmm. South Carolina. I think we're one of two, three, one I of three we, states I now. I just yeah. Googled it before, okay. and I think the only other ones might be Wyoming and Arkansas, mm-hmm. unless Arkansas or Wyoming passed one recently. So yeah, that means, um, you know, if something is done, like a crime is committed or a violence, you know, against someone is committed um, on the basis of like race, sexuality, Gender. or anything like that, mm-hmm. yeah, um, then they don't get that extra little bump of like prison time. This or, is a hate crime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, you know, on the yeah. basis of someone's like a part of someone's identity. So, um, and those, that's you know, insane. And, you know, hate crimes <laughs> still happen. Oh, yeah. And and everywhere. But, you know, in South Carolina, I mean, we've covered, you know, mm. deaths that have been linked to hate crime activity. So um, LGBTQ hate yeah. crimes, um, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing in that piece that talked about is um, kind of how, you know, the, I remember being like 13 when the Supreme Court ruling Oberfeld versus Hoggs came out. And I think I might mispronounce that. Um, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it either. Sorry. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm, That's a, okay. I'm a bad boy. Auberg- um, aubergine? But, uh, aubergine? <laughs> um, but I remember, you know, when Supreme Court rulings like that happen, you think, oh, yay, these rights have been established <laughs> and, and they're never going to go away. Yeah. It's something that, something that some of the people we talked to in, in that article kind of bring up is that now that mm. Roe v. Wade has been overturned, you know, yeah, I mean, Justice Clarence Thomas has said that Oberfeld needs to be viewed with the same increased scrutiny. So who knows? Maybe in like five years we'll have to update this timeline <laughs> with then they Overturned, change their mind. Yeah. Whoopsies. No more, no more, no more marriage. Yeah. Um, Term limits. Yeah. Uh, Supreme Court. No, 100%. So um, but yeah. It's a little scary. They're actually kind of, um, did you have anything else on like the history kind of portion that you want to talk about, Amelia? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I, I read them all. I read them all actually just today for the first time. <laughs> I was waiting to get a print copy before I uh, before I read them all. Yeah. In one kind of sitting. Um, but yeah, kind of going off of the uh, the Supreme Court marriage equality ruling, um, one of the really cool pieces under kind of the culture umbrella is a profile of um, the women's soccer team mm-hmm. and and how they kind of encourage uh, inclusion. Um, in their uh, like in like on their team, mm-hmm. um, and I know that I know that from the beginning of this kind of process, um, our sports section actually has their own presentation coming out, um, a, a winter sports preview later. So we were kind of um, they're kind of preparing for that and weren't as involved in this piece. But from the beginning, we they we were all like, sports needs to write something, so it doesn't look like sports doesn't you know, care, <laughs> care about pride. Um, but anyway, so we did sports did manage. And I shouldn't say managed. Sports did get actually, a, Griffin Goodwin actually wrote a really, really great piece. It actually is really, really, really good. good. I really like it. Um, about, I want to say the women's soccer team manager. Um, it ended up being more about two like the girls team, on the team. Yeah. Like the whole team's kind of like culture, I guess. Yeah. Uh, of inclusion. And anyway, the thing that made me think of that is um, uh, two, of the, two of the people on that team, who they talked about they came out to each other watching yeah. news coverage of the 2020 election thinking I'm worried I might not get be able to get married after this election and the other and the other person went oh yeah me too and then that's just how that's just kind of how it happens that's how it's it like happens the, it's like the Spider-Man meme they're like all pointing at each other yeah. angst about the state of the world yeah, I together. I know and it's really funny because that kind of goes back to the close the closet column being what prompted Tony Price you know to to help form the GSA, you know. But anyway, yeah. that's a really cool piece. I really enjoyed it. I, I think what's really cool about that piece um, specifically is that it kind of, I don't know, it really, like, shows what, like, 
being a part of the community is about or like what being an ally is like really about like it's not about like huge big things like laws and like the supreme court like it can be for some people but for a lot of people it's just like you know being there for people in Mm -hmm. your life who like are a part of the community whether that just be like being their teammate and like not being weird or like homophobic or like just having a conversation with them you know it's it's much more like realistic I think of of what people here on campus but also just people like what they should just be like to members of the community so especially in sports I think that's like an interesting way to look at it I know like women's soccer isn't like I don't think it's televised or anything but I know there's like that stigma with those huge and like men's sports like football or like probably lacrosse and hockey and all that like that's I think it's a little bit different looking at it through that point of view but so I think maybe like that could be something that we could revisit like Mm -hmm. talking about something bigger like football you know which is big at our school um kind of talking hey in this like big sport and it's televised and there's so much money poured into it and like everything like how do they you know what's the deal with with that rather than you know this point of view right yeah i really like you said about the allyship part because i think it really is a great example because they just talk about how you know we just kind of talked about it and and we know what we're comfortable talking about we know and we just have these really open discussions about i don't know everything i think it's a really (laughs) i think it's a really good really good example of i guess what allyship can look like for Mm. maybe even for people who don't uh don't really know how to be an ally necessarily Mm. you know yeah like it's not even like being an ally i don't know it's just like and we were talking about this yesterday um because we're friends and we talk about things lol (laughs) um but uh just how like being an ally is is just kind of about like respect um Mm -hmm. just respecting people's like basic human rights like respecting people as a person Mm -hmm. and not just as an identity right um so you know like recognizing people are are whole people with like a life full of experiences and that no one's no and no one's perfect and um and being an ally also isn't all about being perfect it's about trying your best and but that doesn't mean yeah i feel like (laughs) (laughs) it's it's you know it's doing your best as in recognizing the human rights of people yeah. but also being a good friend or a yeah. good peer or just respectful mm-hmm. treating people like how you want to be treated no yeah. matter what you look like or act like or identify as mm-hmm. so um and one thing i thought i thought this piece since um the soccer piece did well is that they talked about like how they all had um like patches on their uniforms where it said matter is the minimum and i think that speaks to like you know, not just, like, LGBTQ plus issues, but, like, um, you know, other things in America that are issues, like racism or sexism about, like, Black Lives Matter or people's lives mattering. Like, matter is the bare minimum. Um, We can do more than that, but, you know, that's that's the the baseline, (laughs) people. Like, that's not hard. The bars in hell. Let's be real for three seconds, so. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah, I, that's... My take on allyship, when I might have skipped ahead. But. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, it's okay. Um, yeah. Another really cool thing we have under the culture umbrella is um, a piece about environmentalism and how that can kind of tie into your identity. Um, Amelia, as the arts and, one of the arts and culture editors, I know you worked on that piece, and also you're an environmental studies major. So, oh my God, what's uh, what's your take on the piece? And I guess the broader, because I'd never, I really, I honest to God, I'd never thought of that before. I've right. been a member of the community my whole life, and I'd never thought of environmentalism as being something that you could tie to your identity as a member of the LGBTQ community. Mm. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I thought it was a really enlightening read. Did, what, what, are, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, so I take a lot of classes in, like, environmental things, um, whether that be, like, energy and infrastructure and, like, the social implications of that or, like, environmental racism and justice. So, like... I might not just be talking about things from this article specifically, but just things I've learned throughout my studies. Um, You know, environmentalism as a whole is, like, a really... It's just so cool. It's it's about, like, caring about the earth and the environment and stuff, but also, like, the people. Um, And it's something that has primarily been a very, like, white, male, wealthy, privileged kind of thing for a lot of people. If you just look back and... Or even if you look at the membership of, like, the Sierra Club or the Audubon Society, like very white old man kind of thing going on. 
So I think what Jack's piece, Jack Bingham wrote this piece, our nature and science beat writer, who's so cool. Um, he kind of just talked about how, like what ways can people like both environmentally, but then as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, like how can you like reclaim some of that, you know, reclaim some power back um, if you feel like you don't have any, you know, because of your identity or because of who you are. So, you know, he talks about stuff like gardening and like providing for oneself through gardening, um, but then also like talking about that's not viable for all people. Um, so I think this article does a good job um, kind of highlighting intersectionality, which is like recognizing that people live their lives kind of based on overlapping identities. So it's mm -hmm. like your life as a like white queer man is different from a white queer woman who is different from a black queer woman, et cetera, et cetera, or, you know, black straight woman, you know? So um, I think it kind of like delved into that without diving like too, too deep. Um, which one of our other pieces kind of did. Um, so yeah, I think it just shows like, you know, p members of the LGBTQ plus community aren't just one thing. Um, mm. There are many different identities like within that and also um, beyond that. Mm. And that um, there's just a lot, a lot more that can be talked about there, I think. And I think this article does a good job at like, you know, swimming into that pool. like. Right. Dipping a toe in, mm. mayhaps, perhaps. Sorry, I say mayhaps. No. I don't know if that's bad. <laughs> it's like maybe plus perhaps. So. Yeah. Um, I, I like this article. I think it was really cool. Yeah. I really, um, I think it's interesting because it, it like, being, like, talking about seeing someone as more than just their identity, you can be, like, a member of the LGBTQ community, but you also have, like, hobbies and other passions <laughs> and, like, and that can be inspired, that can be influenced by your identity. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be environmentalism for people. Like for me, it could be journalism, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it'll give you a, a different, I guess, experience, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, it's just, it might, I don't know, it might affect your understanding, your motivations of, of, of what you're, what you're interested in. So, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah. If you look at me and Caleb's letterboxed accounts, they're very different. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Our taste reflects it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. Intersectionality. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, we also had, me and Amelia wrote a piece. Oh, my God. Together. This is actually our first time writing a piece just with us together. This is our second yeah. time working together, but this is our first time just being us. Yeah. Um, and it was about the music uh, in local um, gay clubs. There are two gay clubs in Columbia, South Carolina. There used to be more. Whoop. Now there are two, um, which we can talk about <laughs> talk about later. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, yeah, so anyway, um, we talked to several artists, people who perform, um, about, I guess, what the music brings to the atmosphere of these clubs. Um, and we got to have some really cool conversations about it. About, about the music and about these clubs with these uh, with these people who create that atmosphere, help create that atmosphere. So um, yeah, yeah. I know you interviewed two drag queens. Mm -hmm. I listened to one interview that yeah. another person did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Did you want to say anything else about? Um, I don't know. It was really cool. I was though. gonna. I w I wanted to touch on. I I thought it was cool. Um, how, you know, each of the different sources talked about how like you know, diverse the music was as a whole. Mm -hmm. Like, different people would play different things based on the audience. Like, sometimes there's older people there and they're just kind of old people. Like, they don't really want to, like, rage. And then, you know, it gets later in the night and then so they'll play, like, more modern music. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, drag queens who are performing, or drag performers, excuse me, um, based on like what they're interested in like they'll play whatever music like that goes with what whatever they want to perform so like um i think it was elena devar mentioned that one um of the drag queens they have at capital club is from egypt um and they dance to traditional egyptian music so it's like kudos to you that's, <laughs> that's awesome yeah or like rock or like mm -hmm. rap music or or you know, we'll see a lot of the the classics mm -hmm. from like Cher, like Lady Gaga, or or Britney Spears. Yeah. That um, our sources talked about. So. Yeah, which is really interesting because I think that 
even from like a member of the community's perspective when i think of like gay club music i think very much like mm. electronic like yeah pulsing. and so but with when interviewing a lot of these artists and these performers you know i we all we asked them we're actually putting out a playlist to kind of go coincide with this piece uh, this coming friday um with some of the songs and artists that they specifically either perform to or think you know are representative of their experiences um, and so many of them were like R&B and, you know, like ballads and there was there was rock there. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't nearly as much of like dance, like tech and music that mm-hmm. e- even I might stereotype as being like the music. Um, yeah. And another really cool. We talked to Bo Bishop, who is a male uh, impersonator, drag king. Um, and he talked about performing to the song. It's not easy being green by Ray Charles which is all about, you know, being judged by the color of your skin. And he talks about how powerful the people in the crowd. And again, I think it highlights that these these clubs and the music, it's not, it can be just like a let's come together and celebrate and have a good time. But it can also really, whether it's being explicit throughout its lyrical content or just by providing that sanctuary and that safe space for members of the community, it really is like cutting edge on, you know, places where people go to, experience with each other members of the community you know their experiences of discrimination not only just as members of the community but you know in more intersectional kind of ways as well mm-hmm. i want to plug um going to drag shows because yeah. they are really fun yeah <laughs> as a straight person take the straight people yeah. they are yes. fun as hell and i will say capital club and pt is the t- the two clubs we kind of profiled the two clubs here in columbia they um have a massive like straight clientele that come in and see shows they do shows a lot my first drag show was actually with Amelia at Capitol for for a, di- <laughs> for a different story. Yeah. yeah. My uh my friend Palmer Rowan is uh does drag and he's performing tonight at Capitol. That's so sick. Shout out. Oh my uh, God. It'll be over by the time this podcast comes Aww. out. But he does next it a lot. Week. You can catch the next yeah. one. <laughs> you can catch the next yeah. one. Do you know what they perform too? Like music, artist, anything they like um, doing. I don't remember what was the last one he did, but I'll have to I'll have to find out. Yeah. No problem. I was just wondering. Yeah, well, it was just really interesting asking these performers, like, what are some staples you go back to <laughs> and why? You know, it was just really, really cool. Yeah. I feel like we have to mention <laughs> the the what makes, what makes you know, a place where you listen to music a club. You know right, what I mean? Right, yeah. What makes... What was the quote? I think that we end on a quote. We end on a quote. That, uh, it says, can you imagine going to a bar and there's no music? That would just be going somewhere... And that would just be going to some place and just being there. <laughs> and like we just thought that we just thought the wording of that quote was just really like I mean, he's totally Could right, but if we thought it was a really like, that's why we ended the quote with the story on it, was because we just thought it was like I mean it's true. Yeah. Like, it could is. you imagine going to a bar and there be no yeah, there being no being music? Just be it would drinking just, and being depressed. It would just you know? be being a place and just being there. Yeah, exactly. It was just being at a place. it would just Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly what he said. And it would really just it would <laughs> The music, it just highlights, I think, how important the music is to making that the atmosphere and the space, you know, what it is. Yeah. Um, really good stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of all the stuff we have under the culture umbrella. We also have this big intersectionality. We kind of touched on it earlier. We have lots of pieces that kind of talk, talk about that. Um, we specifically have an opinion piece talking about the importance of keeping intersectionality in mind. It's a really good column mm-hmm. um, by, by Julia, Julia Gillette. Um and kind of touching on earlier, we talked about how, you know, no no single print piece is perfect in its representation of the community. There actually is a mistake in this column. Um, uh, this is the, bad, guys. The acronym BIPOC, which stands for Black Indigenous People of Color, is defined as by people of color. By, um, no, by Indigenous. By Indigenous by, People of Color. By, yeah. like, B-I, like, bisexual, bisexual. comma, Indigenous people of color. Yeah. Um, which it is not that. It's not it what is it stands for. Black, indigenous <laughs> people of color. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, an umbrella mm-hmm. for for like people of color, but like specifically acknowledging like right. yeah. black and indigenous people. Um, and so that was a big oopsie. <laughs> I, I I hate to say it, I found it last night, and I said, <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness. This is bad, guys. Yeah. Um, so it's going to get fixed online. But unfortunately, if you pick it, up a print edition, it is in the in print there. edition. If you read that, we That's are so sorry. That's not what it means. I am so sorry. I'm like, that was, you know, like Caleb was saying, we are not perfect. You know, I didn't touch that. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. 
but yeah, we are not perfect. Yeah, I didn't edit and, that um, either. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know. But again, we're all we're all learning and growing, and you yeah. know, yeah. Some. <laughs> Some of us. No, it's 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 okay. You yeah. know, just goes to show that even as an as an organization with many people working all together, sometimes, you know, things. I guess slip through the cracks. Yeah. It's not an optimal thing to to slip through the cracks, yeah. um, especially due to our staff and our diversity. Being predominantly white. Yeah, predominantly yeah. white. I guess I can't really speak too much on the LGBTQ plus part of it, right. but probably majority. <laughs> yeah. Majority not part of that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was no good. But. Um, I think it also speaks to, like, we're educating ourselves as we go. Like, some of us are educating ourselves as we go along, um, which is, you know, a good thing. Yeah. Well, and it's, like, I think it also opens up conversations within our staff. Mm -hmm. It it makes people less afraid to, like, step on people's toes. Or, like, yeah, or be more honest if they do or don't know something. Because it's fine to not know everything. Like, I don't expect people to know everything all the time. Right, yeah. Everything everywhere all at once, of course. Right, yeah. Um. A lot of good representation in that. Oh film. God! <laughs> Actually, you're right. You know yeah. that's a good one. I, you, de- Caleb hasn't seen the movie. I haven't seen the movie now. I saw it in theaters alone. Sorry. It's no, it's okay. <laughs> I'm just, I w- it was that good where I would see it alone again. Yeah. Go um, listen to the episode where we talked about it if you haven't yet. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, it's not a spoiler, but the daughter, what's her name? She starts with a J. I don't know. I saw it a while ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She is like queer or gay or she has a, a girlfriend uh-huh. and so that wasn't a big part of it it was just like the fact that she's like it's my girlfriend and the grandpa's like ah yeah part and of the, <laughs> her story is kind of like trying to ex- you know get her mother to accept mm-hmm. her and her family to like accept this change yeah. or whatever because mm-hmm. does she yeah. come out during the film maybe um no. it's probably in a flashback yeah. where she's like Mm, or maybe she just told know. the mom like there's a lot girlfriend. going on in that movie so yeah. I'm sorry if I don't get all yeah. the details right <laughs> no 100% um, yeah. so sorry to book, but he's actually yeah you were right that actually is good yeah. it's a little nuanced mm-hmm. it's a little intersectional good yeah so um, another good um, example another really cool so kind of talking about the importance of like intersectionality and also the importance of specifying black indigenous people of color you know in that bio BIPOC or you can say BIPOC. Yeah, if yeah. You, if you, you say BIPOC. It doesn't matter. I'm yeah. just I'm just throwing it out there. Right. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You. No, no, it's okay. Um, we have another piece talking about um, uh, South Carolina Black Pride, which is a separate organization, separate Pride event from the normal Family Out Pride, which is actually occurring in like two weeks, uh, October fifteenth, seventeenth, here in Columbia. Um, that's the like general Pride. Black Pride. Famously hot. Yeah, famously SC's hot Pride. Famously hot yeah. Pride. Um, Black Pride is a separate kind of organization. And in this in this piece, we talk about, or the writer, Bailey Brown, um, talked about the importance of, you know, why it's important to have these separate, you know, Pride organizations. Um, and something I really liked about it is talking about how integral people of color were to mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fight for um, gay rights. One of my favorite evergreen tweets is just the reminder that... Uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was trans women of color who threw the first bricks at Stonewall, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so, yeah, I really like this piece a lot. I would definitely recommend um, anyone reading it if you're not already reading everything in the print edition. But, Amelia, you worked really closely on this piece being um, an arts editor. So um, so what what do you, what's, uh, jumps out to you about this, uh, this piece? Yeah, I think um, it's, for me, both in, like, my experience um, throughout school and through working with Bailey uh, with this piece. Um, I think it's important to like really, you know, reflect on your own identities and reflect on other people identi- other people's identities and be like, are we doing what's best for like different people? Like, <laughs> sorry. Um, I think it's really important to like be vocal and honest with different communities, especially you know, I'm white. Caleb, assume Is you're white. white. Yeah, okay. I'm white. Yeah. You know, um, it's being vocal and honest, and like um, listening to other communities who mm-hmm. might be like different than you, and listening to what they actually want. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, throughout this piece, um, a big part of it is that like Black Pride, you know, 
it is it's distinct but not separate from mm-hmm. pride so you know obviously black people face different struggles in their day-to-day lives you know just as maybe like member non-members of the lgbtq plus community but, but also, also as members of yeah the exactly so you know how does that stack on top of each other but it's also highlighting that not you know not everything black people do is struggle and mm-hmm. and just face like you know unrelenting prejudice but it's also they find or they they celebrate with their community and and they you know are able to organize these really cool events um for their community so i think it's like you may be reframing things for people a little bit saying like hey just because something is separate doesn't mean or not like separate separate but like it is, there is a different event for this group of people that's not necessarily like a bad thing mm-hmm. if that's what the people want like right. give the people what they want so yeah. um and then this piece also tux- touches on like intersectionality and mm-hmm. the you know different challenges that may be faced by people for that um but also how you know people can not come to conquer that but come to reemerge like victoriously against something you know yeah so yeah there's a there's a little there's a quote in here talking about um a dj at the event um who, who is trans a uh, trans man and he talks about coming to the uh he had a uh operation as part of his transition and then he came back to black pride and a lot of people came up to him and were talking about how like proud they were and how like his you know um, bravery through that uh, journey had inspired other people to go on their own journeys and I just think that's like a really great example of what you're talking about like it's not just about suffering and struggling it's also about celebration and mm-hmm. and obviously I'm a white person but even as a member of the LGBTQ community I look at like the New York Times and so much of the coverage is about mm-hmm. laws trying to criminalize my existence and <laughs> but like but like yeah. one of the things I'd really like to see from this print piece this print edition is like it's not just that you know it's also about it's about celebrating and I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, like in the face of everything, like yeah. how do you carry on? Yeah, exactly. And it's just like you just do. Like that like right. what do you expect people to do? Yeah. Like they're not just gonna sit down just, and give yeah, up just or whatever. Die, you yeah. know? You idiot. Yeah. Um and kind of again, not trying to make this all about me as a white person, but like talking about how it's important to have, you know, distinct spaces for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know as a bisexual person a lot of times I feel like there's you know, bi erasure is definitely a thing. Mm. And so to have as part of our playlist for the music piece, I was listening to Cupcakes LGBT, which was part of the part of the playlist that someone uh, someone uh, staying without us. And there's a line in that song, Cupcakes coming to Famously Hot, by the way. I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, there's a line in that song where she says, shout out to the bi, you don't have to pick a side. And it's like, that's like the only, that's like one of the only things I've ever heard about bi people in a song, even in a gay anthem, you know. Yeah. And that's, that's important, you know. So I feel like similarly, like for like black people who are part of the lgbtq community you know you shouldn't it shouldn't just be you know pride with everyone else you know it's important to have you know you're the most specific i guess kind of community that you can have to have the most people around you that you see community in yeah if that makes sense no yeah because it's also a, again, like i'm a white person but yeah like. well even like on the the gender thing too mm. it's like spaces for or yeah, spaces for, like, women, because mm-hmm. I remember we were talking about Or gender this. non-binary. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Sorry, I'm a white woman, so you know how I be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know how there's a lack of, like, lesbian or, like, WLW, like, women loving women. I don't know the proper term. Sapphic? No, see, like, even that. <laughs> like, there's no good way. Yeah. Um, you know, like, bars or, like, spaces or clubs or anything. What, there's, like, 11 in the country? Mm-hmm. like what and none here there used to be a lesbian bar in Colombia yes. many years ago but it was torn down to build Greek Village rude dang yeah <laughs> that's putting really frat rude. houses on top of <laughs> so yeah, yeah like even just recognizing like not everyone is treated the same way in, in one community and I mm-hmm. you know even though the LGBTQ plus community as a whole you know still isn't always doing so hot even within that right some yeah. people are, are doing not not as hot yeah um i remember like one of the first conversations we had about this print edition during the meetings i was like (laughs) i was like when we i do not want people to open this print edition and just see a bunch of white cisgender gay Gay men men. because that is not what the community is about that is not what 
you know, if we're trying to reflect, obviously we can't reflect the entire community, but we definitely want to at least try <laughs> to, right. to not just reflect the part of the community. That, it's representation that way is awesome, but like that's the only representation that you see a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. it's important to talk about inter- intersectionality. Yeah. Um, I think you guys chose a lot of like good topics that kind of showcase things that people don't really think about when they mm-hmm. think about the gay community. Because like, I feel like a lot of people that are not in it have like some idea of what it's about. And this kind of shows like, this whole print edition shows a wider breadth of it and kind of helps people understand a lot of different perspectives, even if, you know, you can't showcase everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. But you can try your best. Yeah. And acknowledge Let's... that you're not, you know, perfect. Yes. Yeah. So we're not. Because we're not. <laughs> Please, I tried my best. Um, well, that's good to know. Yeah. Noah. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for sharing that perspective. Thank you. Um, another <laughs> thing kind of going off the inter- we have under the intersectionality umbrella is, um, we have a uh, piece on pronouns. The university is uh, looking to have a more defined pronoun policy on how to get people to have you know their pronouns respected in the classroom, things like that. We have a really cool graphic um, designed by Jillian Thomas, uh, kind of giving some basics on things to keep in mind when using pronouns. Again, by no means a be-all, end-all guide of like all the pro- list of pronouns, but just kind of a good things to remember about how important it is to always respect people's pronouns, how... Um, one of my favorite little pieces in the in the infographic that me and uh, Jillian put together was uh, there really aren't any rules when it comes to pronouns other than respect someone's pronouns. That's really yeah. that's really the only rule there is. Um, but yeah, there's some really cool. And then talking about how to like to ask for someone's pronouns, how to make sure not to center yourself if you make a mistake. Interestingly enough, this uh, this graphic was um, used in a Fitz News article a few days ago and not attributed to Jillian Thomas. Um, <laughs> So yeah, yeah, don't don't be on the lookout for that because don't go, don't get in the click. But I guess for people who don't know what what's the deal with Fitz News, there's or like the a, they're a local like online news source in South Carolina that um, comes after the Daily Gamecock a lot, the mm-hmm. Snowflake Tribune, mm, you know, Daily they, Communist, Daily Communist, things like that. And so they have a they have a really um, they have put out a pro they have put out a basically a response article to this to this Titled, to this article that we woke put out you. yeah woke you woke you don't don't read it <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't, i mean you can't i can't stop you but this it, news is so weird because he'll he'll come at us like so hard <laughs> and then the next day he'll be like this article was fantastic guys great yeah, job and i'm like as long as it's not about pronouns <laughs> right. well and it's funny because even within that because he was kind of criticizing the pronoun policy which by the way and he mentioned this well in his reporting which is literally just our, our reporting, reporting. Not um, the first time he's done that either. Yeah, fake. <laughs> um, he mentioned that the first of all, the policy at USC isn't even uh, like mandatory. Mm-hmm. Like so, like okay, like why are you so pressed? I guess. And then he also mentioned that um, you know the article by Holly on the pronoun pol- policy interviews like a trans student um, or a trans teacher. Trans teacher. Yeah, okay, trans sorry. I I remember <laughs> and and the writer. Um, the Fitz News guy, he was like, um, yeah, I use the correct pronouns, as does the Gailey, the Daily Gamecock for the trans teacher, but I don't even care. But then you, uh, so he, like, uses the right pronoun. Like, so yeah. he's not even, like, being, <laughs> like, insane right. about that. But I'm like, okay, he's then why are you making no a reason. big deal then? <laughs> yeah, like... He literally was like, um, I'm going to do as the Daily Gamecock does. And it's like, thank yeah. you, I guess. Get off our like, dick, bro. <laughs> if you're already doing it, then just stop so... complaining. Yeah, Everybody exactly. will be happy. Well, yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, he's, yeah. like, doing it. I'm like, uh, okay. And he even said, he said something about, like, uh, I guess what's the point in pronouns if, if you can just change them how you want? But it's like that's kind of like the point, right? Like he's like, why are there? He he essentially was trying to get to the point of like, why do we even have gender identities? Yeah, I'm like, it's like yeah, keep going, yep, you mm-hmm. keep going, you're getting Good job. warmer. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> that's like when a Fox News host starts talking about like yeah. how we care too much about like identity, we, not enough about class, and it's like you're like yeah, oh my god, no, yeah, wait, you're just onto keep, something. If you could dial back like the Karl racism Marx like ten percent, yeah. No, seriously, like he was he was so close. Yeah. Like, so like, close everyone... and yet still so close. <laughs> right. Uh, it was well, it's like, the, it's like the spectrum is a circle, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway. Just anyway. Um, good Good article. Good work good by graphic. Holly Pogue and good graphic um, from Jillian Thomas. Um, just kind of about things to kind of keep in mind, I guess. Uh, another really cool thing we have is on, on our cover, our With Pride cover, which was designed by Sydney Lake, which is an awesome cover, incredible cover. Um, we have these flowers at the bottom of the cover that represent different pride flags of different, um, 
you know, parts of the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and we actually have a, on our website, if you go on our microsite, um, you can see a kind of a breakdown of all of those different flags and what communities they represent, who, you know, what the colors mean, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a link to that uh, in the print edition. Um, Quick question. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's the one with the pie symbol on it? I want to say that is for polyamory, yeah. and the pie symbol is there to represent the letter, like, P, P. for polyamory. Okay. But, yeah. Nothing to do with math team. Nothing, no. Nothing, you know, it's not the math. It's not, it's not like, a math-related um, LGBTQ. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but inter, inter, intersectionality, though, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm, sure yeah. I'm, sure they're, I'm sure they're out there. That's, um, not, that's <laughs> not that. <laughs> We're gonna check Caleb real quick. That's not that. Yeah, it's not my intersectionality. I know, I know, I know. Sorry. Come on, bro. Um, no jokes. Yeah, I understand. Just kidding. No more jokes. <laughs> you're so close to the. Sorry, mic. sorry. Let me move back. Um, this is because I'm nervous. No, your apology. Um, release your apology. Yeah, I'll put out my notes. I have apology. No. <laughs> um, I meant yeah. It's okay. No. Never mind. You gotta get the terms. fake tears yeah, yeah, going. Yeah. yeah. I'm crying. No you can't see it. No I have made a consensual workplace, or what was it? Consensual workplace relationship. Relationship. Yeah. Who is this? Ned, Ned. from the Try Guys. We're not going to get not oh, another episode. Oh, oh another I've episode. heard about that. <laughs> I know, but um, that was the most recent one. I yeah. Uh, but another cool thing about this cover is that online you can find a coloring sheet, which you can print out and color. We've all already colored one. And had a lot of fun. And then once you color one, you can send it to our social media uh, at the Daily Gamecock on Instagram or at the Gamecock on Twitter. And I believe our social team is going to try and um, like post them or something. But it's also just really fun. I forgot that I like coloring until I went and did, until I did yeah. this did this sheet. Yep. You wanted your crayons, but you got markers. I know. I never found There are no really crayons mad. in Russell House, which is kind of insane yeah. and ridiculous. It seems a little bit homophobic. It seems a little. That's not very with pride of them. It's not with pride of them at all not very with pride of them at all but yeah um so yeah i think that's kind of like i think that's all the that's not all the pieces but that's kind of some broad i guess topics covered a little sneak peek um i know that um i had some notes here my phone just died oh um oh is here that's good oh good 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 <laughs> <use> Amelia's. <laughs> um, i'm not on dark mode sorry no that's it's okay see we can be different yeah, you're right. <laughs> Shut up, Amelia. <laughs> um, oh, one other really cool piece I wanted to mention is we mm-hmm. had a Q&A with a, a oh, professor yes. on campus, uh, Raven Gatson of Washington. Um, and she is a uh, black woman who is also a member of the LGBTQ community. And she talks about her experience. And it was just a really cool, um, informative conversation. But a cool thing about it being a Q&A is that actually a lot of the Daily Gamecocks early coverage of the LGBTQ community was also in a Q&A format, which I thought was really cool. Oh, nice. Um, it's like an ode to that. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's really cool. Yeah. If you will. Um, so, yeah, that was just a really cool piece. I would also recommend people to um, to uh, read about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, kind of talking about under this un- umbrella of intersectionality, we definitely did not. I, I said in my letter from the creator, you know, no single publication is going to be able to represent an entire community, nor should it have to. And kind of similar with like movies, yeah. every movie that's about like an LGBT love story has to be like the perfect movie and has to represent everything because they only make so many of them. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that's like that's the problem, you know. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't have to be perfect. It shouldn't have every representation shouldn't have to be perfect of the entire community. Right. Um, it should be good. Right. Exactly. For 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 whatever it is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But not um, not perfect. But anyway, this being hopefully the first of many, I guess, mm-hmm. another chapter in the history of the LGBTQ coverage of the Daily Gamecock. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, we'll see continued work based off of this, covering yeah. more more of the community, more intersectionality, more diversity. Yeah, it's not like a close and shut thing. It's just mm-hmm. something to jump off of and to right. continue with as as our publication changes and grows over time. Hopefully, mm-hmm. grows. That would be yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all I want to say. We also have a really cool photo story in here, which we haven't talked mm. about yet, uh, where you can see some of the performers we and artists we talked yeah. to from our story in action. Some of the people that perform regularly at these clubs. Some of whom sing live, I meant to mention earlier. That was another thing that surprised oh, me about yeah, the story. You're right. I didn't realize that it was as common as it actually is. That's baller. Um, so another thing we want to talk about really, really quickly as we get towards the end is uh, 
talking about the responses we've gotten mm. um, so far. We've got some really cool ones. I know that I we've had people from like Charlotte and Seattle messaging us and saying, hey, I saw this. Is there any way that I can get a copy mailed to me? Really? Um, yeah. Um, Elena Devour, one mm-hmm. of the um, drag performers that we spoke to for our, our, our article actually just this morning was calling me asking where uh, where she could get one for herself, but also to hang up in the Capitol Club, which wow. is awesome because the Capitol Club is the oldest gay club in Columbia and the Southeast. So to have this be there is just really awesome. Um, That's big. And we've gotten lots of responses from students and alumni and um, not enough hate mail. I was really expecting more. No, I, was, I, I really wanted more like idiots on Twitter going after yeah. us. But it's been mostly, it's been overwhelmingly positive. People have been really excited. And even throughout the reporting process, I had so many people like Tony Price, who taught, who remembers when the Daily Gamecock wrote the Close the Col- Closet column, was so excited to hear we were doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Yeah. It's been really fun. It's been really cool. I think this is really, as a journalist, you know, I think publications owe it to their communities to serve those communities. And I think that's how you drive up engagement from your community mm-hmm. is by covering them and serving them, you know, as a community, as you're supposed to. And I think the responses we've gotten for this edition really highlight the benefits of, of trying to put in work a little harder and cover communities that you maybe haven't covered well enough in the past. Mm-hmm. Because people will appreciate that. People will, you know, engage with that. Yeah. And I hope this kind of, like, set the standard for things going forward, too, with that, like, being conscious of, like, who we are, you know, identity-wise as an organization, and then what we want to put out there, like, really being conscious of, like, you know, you can't just report on what's easy or what's close to you, but also... What affects you personally. Right. Like, digging deeper, looking at other communities, looking at other points of view... Um, you know, now and over time in the past, but also, like, looking forward to the future. So um, I think that we were, like, pretty successful in in doing that, too. Yeah. Or at least trying. Yeah. <laughs> I, we're it, trying our best. It was really interesting, you know, like, I think I kind of touched on this earlier, but as a member of the LGBTQ community, as someone who came up with this idea, wanted to see it happen, um, the environment I grew up in, like, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know people could be allies. I didn't know straight people could not you know, be mm-hmm. homophobic. So, yeah. um, having so, having a predominantly straight staff, being so excited to cover these stories about a community that isn't even theirs and putting so much work into it, which yeah. is really inspiring to me. But I also hope that that continues along at the Daily Gamecock and at these respective people as they go into careers in journalism or design or whatever. I hope that that energy kind of stays with them thinking, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to, learn i want to reach out to these communities because it's a really rewarding experience for me and also it's good for these communities to be represented yeah so, yeah that, that would be fab that would be fab that would be well, great let's hope that would be great <laughs> so yeah um that's our print edition that's with pride definitely pick it up on stands definitely check it out online definitely mm-hmm. interact with us on social media um, a yeah. lot of work has gone into it and listen to our playlist listen to our playlist it's a pretty bomb playlist <laughs> It's a little bit of a roller coaster. A little bit of a roller coaster. <laughs> Emotionally. And <laughs> Which much like, I mean, a lot, a lot of drag shows are that way. And being a part yeah, of the community is that way. Right. You know, it's moments of great <laughs> celebration and jubilation. And it's moments of, why are, people, why are people homophobic? <laughs> Deep existential dread and questioning. Yeah, exactly. It's the cue, bro. Yeah, yeah. LOL. LOL. What a great thing to end on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Playlist out on stands. Yeah. on social media pick up a copy send us send us a dm or something yeah color like, color cover sheet. oh yeah color yeah, send color it sheet. in tell us what you think on social media um, and do tweet. not steal our reporting yeah jeez. <sighs> please don't idiot <laughs> awesome well although you can steal reporting from the squawk because it's probably misinformation yeah <laughs> exactly yeah the goal is to spread it <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> Um, really want to just thank you guys for coming on. You guys did a great job. Thank you. Taking the reins from me and the boy who is absent. So, uh, <laughs> is there anything else you guys want to mention <laughs> or plug non daily Gamecock related or whatever, uh, before we go? Um, I would encourage people to go out to famously hot pride yeah. in a couple weekends. It's actually on USC's fall break. Even if you're not a member of the community, um, 
there's gonna be I'll be there having just had my wisdom teeth out, so I will be there <laughs> enjoying like a chipmunk. Yeah, having having a good time. Listening to Cupcake. Cupcake will be and there and Natasha, Natasha Beddingfield will be there. Jinx. Um Crystal Waters also. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of cool um local organizers will be there. This will be my first time going actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I covered it last to, year. I've never been to Pride. Um, the moms will be there, the moms who hug people. Mm-hmm. It's like moms who hug or something. Oh, sorry, I got scared. <laughs> um, that will be coming up. And then I guess the next thing for Daily Gamecock is our sports print edition. Yeah, which will be out in winter. Yeah, later. Yeah, November. Later. November. I'm not on sports. Yeah. So, um, I don't do sport. Yeah. But again, I would, I would also just encourage people to pick up a copy of this edition. And even if you're... If you're, um, yeah, and start a conversation <laughs> as the title of Just my letter. Just talk about it yeah. on start social media, with your friends, Straight on your friends, podcast. friends, members of the community. Yeah. Lots of great things can come out of conversations. <laughs> Preditions, healing, laughter. Friendship. <laughs> Friend, my Little Pony, friendship is magic. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, just on a personal note, my uh, dad is gay, and I'm going to send this podcast to him and be like, this is for you. We did this for you. <laughs> send, him a, send him a Pride edition. Send him a Pride edition. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I'll bring one home. But, uh, yeah, that's that's about it. That's all we got. Uh, really quick, some housekeeping notes before we go. Sorry that we didn't have an episode last week. Um, we had some corruption issues. We did a Don't Worry Darling review, and that's pretty much all that you guys missed. Um, if you want a quick okay. recap of that. I gave it a thumbs down. Steven gave it a thumbs middle. <laughs> and our guest, Aaron, gave it a thumbs up. So there you go. You don't now. You don't have to listen to the hour podcast that got deleted. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Um, thank you guys again for being here, and uh, that's it. This podcast is hosted by Noah Trainer and Stephen Pastis, produced by Noah Trainer, intro music by Stephen Pastis and Bryson Carroll, created by Michael Sauls.